Looking for a special gift for that fag in your life? Whoa, 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 whoa. Get that friend of Armstrong and Getty some A&G merch. Oh. New for 19, our latest A&G logo tees, hoodies, and more. The Punch Violence in the Face t-shirt or the Castigat Redendo Mores tee is available. The Yo, Yo, Yo and the updated Stupid Should Hurt tee. The new Cal Unicornia state flag tee. We even brought back our classic A&G ketchup and mustard logo. Buy them now at the Armstrong and Getty Superstore. Find it at armstrongandgetty.com. night, late at night, East Coast time, midnight, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee said, and we adjourn. And everyone, <laughs> what? what? What are you talking about? I thought we were going to vote. That's what we've been doing all day long. Half of us are flying home tomorrow. We can't, what? And uh, they adjourned, and now they're going to take the vote today. And uh, most people think the strategy was, it's gone so long, it's not going to make it onto the news. We want this to be, you know, a big spectacle, and now it will be in on the morning news shows your good morning americas and your face uh, all that sort of stuff well, pr wise it's a pretty good decision yeah I, I would probably do the same thing if i was in charge but it's a complete effing waste of effort yeah his, but he, he cla- i understand why you would do it he claimed gerald nadler claimed it now so we've had the testimony now we're gonna sleep on it and we'll come in and vote <laughs> what no that's hilarious yeah i was kind of mulling things over i could use a good night's sleep to really mull it over some more on whether or not i'm voting to impeach the president or not yeah. i wasn't yeah, sure that last point you made about wow he seemed to be really strong arming the ukrainians that hadn't <laughs> occurred to me <laughs> So that's troubling. I want to sleep on that. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Nobody cares. Oh, We're boy. Talking this morning, I was talking to a, a financial services expert, and and he said it was just astonishing the day it became official that, you know, they were that the impeachment was going to go forward. The markets yawned, didn't care, which is just crazy. But here we are. Latest vote, uh, a poll came out in Wisconsin yesterday. It's upside down 12 points impeachment in Wisconsin, Holy which is one of, your, one of your key swing states. It's also up, upside down in Pennsylvania and uh, Michigan and a number of other places. And, and Nancy oh. Pelosi knows that. I was just going to say, I would love to hit old Nancy with a nice dose of sodium pentothal and, and have her just tell the utter truth. And, and I'd say, Nancy, the more critical the swing state, the more they hate what's going on. What What's going on behind the scenes? Uh, your, your caucus is out of control. The AOC wing is, is the idiot tail that's wagging the dog ear party, and I'm sure she would spill. So don't mess with me. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot you're a Catholic. Um, we've got a late night joke off. We haven't done this in a while. The main thing that was dragging down the late night joke off, and the idea behind <laughs> this is all your late night shows, your 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 Jimmy Kimmel's, your 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 Jimmy Fallon's, um, uh, Colbert, J- they, Jimmy Colbert, they, yeah, exactly. They all they all make jokes about the same thing. We thought we'd compare and contrast. The problem was they're never funny. They're oftentimes right. not funny at all. That is a problem with comedy. Yeah, yeah, it really jokes, yeah. if you will. Uh, but in this particular case, they're taking on the whole Trump versus Greta Thunberg story, as she was named Times Person of the Year. And Trump stole her childhood. So, uh, are you going to grade this? Yeah, of course. I will grade each of the jokes, and the bottom grade getter will be banned from comedy for life. Ah, here we go. President Trump bashed 
16-year-old climate activist Greta Thunberg. He went after 16-year-old climate yeah. activist Greta Whoa. Thunberg. Yeah, Lassie. No, it's not the, it is not the first time Trump has criticized a teenager. Last week, he really gave it to Pete Buttigieg. So, uh, he's young. Today, he responded to 16-year-old climate activist Greta Thunberg being named Times Person of the Year by tweeting, and this is real, so ridiculous, Greta must work on her anger management problem, then go to a good old-fashioned movie with a friend. Chill, Greta, chill. That's how you know that these are strange times. In one room, Trump is going after a 16-year-old on Twitter. In the other room, Melania is talking about the perils of cyberbullying. First of all, teens don't go to movies anymore. They stay home and tick-tock their vape pens on Fortnite. I don't know. Teenagers, teenagers scare me. Also, remember, Thunberg is from Sweden. So a good old-fashioned movie there is probably something called The Sawmaker's Widow. It's just four hours of Max von Sydow staring at a broken clock. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yeah. we have an unprecedented result. Oh my! This is seriously the only time this has ever happened. I will tell you this: Conan with a C plus is fine. Fallon, that wasn't a joke. It was just it was a comment, and and it was mildly interesting. Colbert, the first part of his joke with an A minus, the second part an A plus. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Colbert, if you weren't so freaking obnoxious, you're a talented dude. But he's made a career decision. He's going to go for the progressive viewer. And uh, um, yeah. you know, it's it's a business decision. So, and one uh, one poll note for the Democratic race: they got a debate coming up this next Thursday. <laughs> Max Vencino staring at a clock for four hours. That's funny, man. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, hey, I'm sorry, you were saying? There's supposed to be a Democratic debate this next Thursday. There's a chance it's not going to happen if the whole impeachment thing is going on. Oh, that'd be a shame. Uh, they might have to delay it or move it around or something like that. And uh, Sean's kind of hoping that happens because you got your ticket already purchased for the Star Wars movie. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really plan that one out. Well, whatever. Whatever. Um, but anyway, so the the latest poll is out of South Carolina. Joe Biden is trailing in Iowa, trailing in New Hampshire, but the idea is, you know, this, he's going to win in South Carolina big because he's got the black vote, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and um, that will make a difference. Well, he's down a number of points um, if, since the last poll. He's down three. Bernie's up seven. So it's it's still, he's still winning, but it's 27-20 now. He was up by like 30, I think, at one point. Um, but it's now a seven-point gap. And it's interesting that Bernie's catching fire in South Carolina. Feel right. the burn. Malarkey. Well, uh, right. You know, the prohibitive favorite at this point is four winners of the first four big votes. That'd be something. Oh, yeah. That would be exciting. I'm told that the voting is unfolding there at the uh, House Judiciary Committee. It appears to be, Jack, along party lines. Yeah, it's over. And uh, there's, there's what, what everybody what, knew was whatever. going to happen happened, and they got it into the Today Show and Good Morning America. So freaking congratulations. And they're already done and out of their chairs and walking out of the room. That's how long that took. That's how long they could... They could they, <laughs> they had to change all their plans last night for this. Took roughly five minutes. And uh, this PR stunt, which, as I said, I probably would have done myself, uh, took five minutes. They could have voted last night and been out of town, but whatever. Right. You took right. that stupid job, so now you got to live with it. Well, and yeah. And, you know, honestly, uh, on the other side, if Trump had said to, uh, I don't know, who, like uh, Sondland or one of those guys who was running around in Europe, uh, if he'd said, hey, ask him what's going on with the Joe Biden thing. 
with the Hunter Biden. I, I keep hearing about this on Hannity, and and it seems like nobody cares because it's Democrats. To look into this, would you? It's pissing me off. If he just said that, we could have avoided all this. So just on both sides, this is just such a useless exercise. Just God. But anyway, that's the, enough, enough said. Yeah, and the Wall Street Journal is breaking with the news. The U.S. and China have reached a phase one trade agreement, uh, China's commerce vice minister says. So that news is coming from the Chinese side. So that'll be interesting to see what that does to the stock market today. Yeah, and, and yeah, in the short term, it's unquestionably good news if things calm down and we get back to, you know, further intertwining our economies with the most awful uh, dictatorship on earth in terms of evil times uh, population and influence um there are other more purely evil regimes but china is is the kahuna uh, china I, think, is asshole. I think in the long term it's just putting off the inevitable uh, 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 tearing apart of the two economies i just i don't know how we avoid uh, avoid that and when it when that begins, it's going to be incredibly disruptive. But you know what, folks? We'll, we'll live through it. Everybody will be fine. It could be a little nutty for a while. But I don't understand how we continue down the road of getting more and more intertwined with the Chinese. We as they get more and more assertive and evil. We don't. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't particularly like to be super serious on a Friday, but we're really into the Washington Post and their story about the war in Afghanistan. And we've been getting a lot of correspondence about it. Yeah, indeed. We've uh, gotten some incredibly powerful emails from guys who served there. Uh, also, I'd like to squeeze in this hour if we get a chance. Uh, Home Depot is seeing an astonishing rise in theft. Huh. Organized crime rings, etc. They're trying to figure out exactly what's Organized going on. Organized crime. So not people just walking in and grabbing a drill. Well, it's precisely that. But in an organized fashion. Huh. I'll be darned. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. And I'm sure those of you in retail are nodding your head saying, oh, yeah, it's awful because I hear it is. But it's pretty interesting. We'll get to that as well. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Let your heart be light, for crying out loud. From now on, huh? That's good advice. Yes. Is your heart light or is your heart heavy, full of fluid? Don't heap stress upon yourself. There you go. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. A lot of recapping. Andy Williams, right? uh, Is that Andy Williams? Yep, Andy Williams. Had a Christmas party uh, here in the building last night. We were all there. We posted a picture on Twitter of the whole radio gang together, but lots of food and uh, drink and that sort of stuff. So people are suffering in various ways today from either not enough sleep, uh, too much drinking, or too much food. So, Yeah, what are you going to do? Everybody's got their own thing. Yeah. It's a season of indulgence. Sure it is. Yeah. Um, So uh, let's see. What time is it? Yeah, we're good. Uh, we were talking about, we have been talking about, and will continue to talk about, the multi-part series in the Washington Post, um, written by the fabulous, what's his name again? I'm sorry, I should remember that. Um, anyway, it's a multi-part series about Afghanistan and, and how we're still there after 18 years. The absolute bitter dishonesty we've been getting from uh, the military, from civilian leadership, etc., about how it's going. 
Also, the astonishing, I mean, incomprehensible levels of waste, the vacancy, uh, the, the lack of any sort of strategy at the top and or strategies that were just wildly unrealistic because we didn't understand Afghanistan. In short, it is a giant cluster, you know what, and we need to get out. Having said that, we've received a number of emails from folks who served there whose perspective must be taken seriously. For instance, Kevin, who says, thanks for staying on top of the Afghanistan story. The revelations about data manipulation and the rest come as no surprise to those of us who are there. We've known Afghanistan was a lost cause for close to a decade. Following is a brief example of how the data manipulation actually worked. Following the 2010 surge in Helmand province, U.S. forces eventually reduced their footprint, handed territory over to the Afghan nationals, and, quote, went firm, meaning they would conduct minimal operations outside the wire. Subsequently, intelligence briefings began to boast of a dramatic decrease in kinetic events occurring between U.S. and insurgent forces. Decision makers then used this information to convince themselves and each other that the sharp reduction in firefights was evidence of a broken enemy. In reality, the decrease was purely a consequence of the fact that our reduced presence created fewer opportunities to engage the Taliban. Sangin wasn't necessarily safer. We just weren't there anymore. It would be as if the LAPD stopped patrolling Compton for six months, then took credit for a decrease in drug arrests. That happens. We do that all the time in in domestic politics. Or like like border crossings do the same sort of thing. Hey, look, it's down. Well, you're you're not checking anymore. Conditions on the ground were the complete opposite of what was being presented in Pentagon PowerPoints, and there wasn't much we could do except count the days, keep each other alive, and work on our resumes. Wow. that's Oh, that's a nice situation for us to put our, our young men in who are, are we're sending them to be injured and die to serve that. Um, another one. This from uh, Tom. Now, listen, boys, he writes, and I will tell you this. This is a very serious email, but Tom has kept his sense of humor, which I'm sure is keeping him sane, and I'm happy about that. The Afghanistan article sickened but didn't surprise me a bit. In 2014, my unit was ending an Afghanistan deployment amid briefings about troop drawdowns. Like most other medevac units, we'd spent the last nine months spread out over several bases. The big news item going on that very moment was ISIS atrocities. First in Talafar in Iraq, where I was in 2005, and then quickly followed by Mosul, Kirkuk, Al-Qaira, and Tikrit, the other bases my unit covered back in 05. So the big fight was about ISIS. So for what purpose did a 29-year-old newlywed with two amputated legs die for on April 28th of that year? Or the 18-year-old truck driver from Texas who was just six months out of boot camp with his hard pallet literally blown sideways into his throat full of blood? Those two died in my hands on the same litter pan in the back of a Blackhawk about halfway between Talafar and Mosul on different dates. The only difference between T. Edens, C. Kilpatrick, and the rest is that their names and faces have stayed in my head more vividly and painfully over the years. They all died for vague purposes and fleeting goals, temporarily holding ground that was not worth their lives. Yeah, you know, that's uh, pretty hard to deal with. I, we as a country, I think we need some serious psychoanalysis. The, you know, the guys being hurt and dying and, and the astounding levels of taxpayer money being wasted in Afghanistan, it's got to be like cancer is to a smoker. We just don't think about it because if we did we know we would have to do something hard. 
And it's just so much easier to continue smoking or, or drinking too much or, or whatever our particular excess is um, than to reckon with it, to have that moment where we realize, okay, this is going to be really hard, but I can't keep doing this. When are we going to reach that reckoning moment as a people with Afghanistan? I don't know. There's another, you know, it's a, I don't know how many parts are in this series in the Washington Post, but part five today is about uh, training up those security forces and how they oh. lied about that, which is not a surprise to me at all, claiming that we were training them and they were getting better. And all the while, there was just incompetence and corruption and just it was just a waste of time and money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've had uh, plenty of those accounts, too, Jack, through the years from uh from fags that served in Afghanistan who have said, I see these reports about how they're really getting better and and ready to take over soon and the rest of it. As for all the guys I'm training, they're pathetic. He said they couldn't couldn't administer a professional baseball game. They couldn't be the security guards at a baseball game. Um, It it just lies and lies and lies. So what's going to happen is, I mean, you got the individual cases we just heard about of people dying and that sort of stuff. Those are tragic and too much for me to even think about today and, you know, continue to do the show. But what you're going to have is like the email I read yesterday from a a buddy of mine who's a, a military guy. And he said, I wouldn't let my kids serve in the military. There aren't very many military families in the country and tends to be generations upon generations. Well, if they stop allowing their kids to join the military, who are you going to have to fight your battles when you've screwed over all the military families enough that they realize, no, you don't take care of us when we get back. You don't send us there for any good reason. Once we're there, you don't. nobody cares or pays any attention. No, my kids. So you're going to end this cycle in military families. Who's going to defend the country then? I don't know. I think it has to do with the death of adulthood. We just, as a people, we're just saying, na, 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 na. And we're not paying the bills. We're not balancing the checkbook. We're not, you know, cleaning the, the bathroom now and again. We're just playing and pretending that the bad stuff isn't happening. I, I don't, I don't know. I what's, don't know. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, after days of impassioned arguments, the vote on the articles of impeachment is now heading to the full house. Oh, I wonder which way it went. Yeah, the <laughs> UK goes for conservatives and Brexit in a very big way. That and more coming up. Yeah, we need more analysis of that. That's amazing. Stay tuned. I think this is interesting before we get to Marshall's News, which is about you-know-what. Uh, that the New York Times has this article out today. In a polarized era, will impeachment become a new normal? A question I've been asking now for quite a while. Um, how is this not just going to become a anytime you have the House as the opposition party, you impeach the president? And they use the example of the filibuster in the Senate. That was something that you just didn't use unless it was really a big deal. Because you didn't want to turn the Senate into a majority, you just 50 votes wins all the time. Right. Um, but it has. And now it's just if you have the majority, you can do whatever you want. Well, are we going to start doing impeachment anytime you have the majority in the House? I wonder. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the vote is done, and it went right along party lines. Mr. Chairman, there are 23 ayes and 17 noes. The article is agreed to. Resolution is amended, is ordered, reported favorably to the House. After days of impassioned back and forth, the House Judiciary Committee in five minutes approved... Fake impassioned. ...approved articles of impeachment against President Trump, sending them now to the full House for a vote. Now, this vote was supposed to have happened yesterday, but the Democratic Chairman Jerry Nadler suddenly recessed the panel after their 14-hour session. He cited a long day and asked members to 
go home and search their conscience before voting. <laughs> Therefore, the committee will now stand in recess until tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., at which point I will move to divide the question so that each of us may have the opportunity to cast up or down votes on each of the articles of impeachment and to let history be our judge. The committee is in recess. Chairman. Republicans were outraged. <laughs> Representative Doug Collins after the postponement last night. That was the most Bush League play I have seen in my life because they want to simply get him back on the cameras because it's after 11 o'clock tonight and they don't think enough people is watching. And, you know, it's it's stupid gamesmanship and it's just kind of funny. It doesn't really mean that much, but such is the way things work. Yeah, go home and reflect and examine your conscience, then come back and vote exactly along party line votes like everybody knows you're going to. For something that took a total of five minutes after 14 hours yesterday. They could have wrapped it up at midnight, but it wouldn't have made the news. Nobody would have saw it on the East Coast, so we better do it in the morning. Well, and you know what's really extraordinary about all that absolutely phony maneuvering and grandstanding and the rest of it is that it will amount to nothing. It's wasted effort. Nobody cares. Right. Prime Minister Boris Johnson's Conservative Party won a big victory in the UK's parliamentary elections, and he claims now a mandate from the vote to go forward with his plan to fulfill Brexit and take the UK out of the European Union next month. Let's get Brexit done. But first, my friends, let's get breakfast done today. Thank you all. Thank you all. Let's get breakfast done. That's a man I could vote for. Some nice bangers and mash. Yes. Uh, the Dispatch, which does great political analysis, said um, the long-term ramifications for this result from yesterday are striking. It was overwhelming. Labor's got the smallest number uh, in Parliament that they've had in almost a century. There, there are provinces or towns or quadrants or whatever they call them over there that hadn't voted this direction since World War One. And what wow. is what is going on there? And uh, the dispatch says, providing the latest data point that party realignments across the Western world are showing no signs of slowing down. The results supported the notion that conservative parties, previously the domain of pro-business and capital interests, are populated increasingly by less educated working class voters, while left-wing parties, formerly populated by blue-collar workers, are now increasingly made up of professional class urbanites. That's clearly what is going on. Right, and the over-educated wackadoo fringe as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, which turns off a lot of the working class party because they think I don't care about transgender bathrooms or or whatever it is you're talking about, and they're going with the party that's speaking more to them. It's it's a complete realignment, for better or worse. Now, question: Have you cheated on your partner financially? Boston College researchers found a third of people they spoke to said they are dishonest when it comes to their spending habits, and they lie to their partner about what they're buying and how often they're buying it. They also found that people who do this are enticed if they can pay cash for items or if the items can be delivered in inconspicuous packaging. Mm, Plain brown wrapper. (laughs) How how big a number are we talking about here? It just says a third of the people they spoke Mm, with. I I just wonder how much money you have to spend for it to be considered cheating. I have have one other note on uh, this morning. It turns out, this just came down, illegal immigrants in New York will be able to apply for a driver's license beginning Monday. There you go. The state DMV will no longer ask applicants about their immigration status. Why would you? Instead, New Yorkers showing up at their local DMV will be able to use alternative forms of ID, including passports issued in other countries. No human being is illegal, Marshall. 
Well, there's some fine analysis. There you go. It's and- a good example of the clap trap that's driving more and more working class practical work a day. I'm just trying to pay my bills, Americans, away from the, the progressive parties. They're just so caught up in their wacky theories and greeting card rhetoric and the rest of it. Well, the rest of us are just trying to make a damn living and would appreciate it if you wouldn't squander our tax dollars. And lastly, we do have a celebrity death to report. Actor Danny Aiello's dead. You want brothers on the wall? Love. Get your own place. You can do what you want to do. The veteran actor, known for his supporting roles in a lot of acclaimed movies since the 1970s, died at a uh, medical facility in New Jersey last night. He was Hollywood's go-to gritty, working-class, middle-aged New Yorker. Yep. For many moons. Yeah, in The Godfather Part Two, he also delivered the famous line, Mark, uh, Michael Corleone says hello before strangling a man to death with a wire known as a garage. Oh, that was and, him. Oh, yeah. that's he's rough. The, he, he's the, uh, the Pete's guy in Do the Right Thing, right? For those uh, familiar with that movie. Hmm. It's a Spike Lee joint. And Danny Aiello was 86 years old. Meanwhile, God bless him. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. Louis Gohmert said if we win the House, we could impeach Biden. We've got the paperwork. We just need to change the name from uh, Trump to Biden. So that uh, might be the oh, direction great. we're going. With uh, Did he with, really say that? Yeah. Oh, man. That might be the politics of the future. Oh, please, no. Please no. The constant impeachment. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen because um, of the lack of attention and how the polls have gone yeah. the wrong direction. I don't see the benefit they're going to feel like they got out of it. Well, and I think the results of the 2020 election will tell as well. I mean, that will be one of the real deciding factors as to whether this continues. Boy, I uh, think if the you. Democrats get a hellacious whacking, well, then I think everybody's going to be really gun shy for a long time. Yeah, but by, by the time we get to the election in November, yeah. the impeachment's going to seem like. The 70s. <laughs> you, you know, impeachment has been running in like 20-year cycles. You had Nixon, and then in the 90s, you uh, you had Clinton, mm. and then 20 years later, now you got Trump. So now we may see it, what, every every eight years? That, well, I don't know, Marshall. That's an interesting yeah. point. Maybe, indeed, we will sober up and not make the same mistake yep. for a while. But you think we'll, we'll be say. impeaching Justin Timberlake here in 20 years, or, or President Taylor Swift? <laughs> she would be 60 at that point. Because it's her 30th birthday today, T-Swizzle. Yes. So she can run in five years, right? Mm-hmm. I think probably 2028 20, is her time. I <laughs> the the uh, Swift uh, Timberlake ticket. Well, there's actually, the dispatch actually, uh, some of their political analysis talking about Bojo and Trump and others. And uh, I quoted Henry Kissinger, who said that uh, politics has become more performative than about policy. And the dispatch was talking about how Boris Johnson is a personality that people yep. gravitate to, gravitated toward in the same way that uh, a number of other people have been. Uh, the guy in Italy, um, the guy in Ukraine, the the YouTube star, and right. of course Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And that at some point, w- will this all shake out with these various parties will realign and say, okay, this is what we believe in. These are our beliefs and we need candidates that reflect our beliefs. So we're not so much into your personality as what you, you know, your policy. But currently, we're in a time of personality, not policy. And you never know how far the pendulum is in its travel until it reverses and goes the other way. Sure. I don't know if, if we're going to go in this direction, I don't know, for the rest of time. Well, if we are, if then we thing... are headed toward a, a Taylor Swift presidency or something like that. I mean, you're right. If, if, yeah. if it's traveling that way, we're going to get even more into celebrities and, uh, yeah. and personalities. A Taylor Swift presidency would be, without a doubt, our nation's leggiest president. 
I mean, by far. More thigh-high boots than most presidents. Right. I don't know. I haven't, even, I haven't seen any pictures of, like, William Henry Harrison from the waist down. Well, he might there have been are rumors wearing... about old yeah. Bill Harrison. Is that why yeah. he got the pneumonia and died in 30 days? He was wearing thigh-high boots and a short skirt when he gave the uh, inaugural address in the rain. Right. He was behind the bandstand there so nobody could see it in the crowd. But it's true. Okay. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Doctors are warning people to moderate their food intake in the coming weeks to avoid so-called holiday heart syndrome, which is an irregular heart rhythm caused by poor nutrition. And it's especially bad for Americans around the holidays of Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, President's Day, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, the 4th of July, Arbor Day, Labor Day, and Tuesday through Sunday. I've got a holiday heart. Uh, yeah, I, I'm so far off the rails. So far off the rails with the eating. I don't, I don't know what even's going on. And we had our Christmas party last night. We uh, tweeted out pictures of the whole gang. With uh, and then of course you did the 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 Twitter does what it does as people make incredibly indelicate comments about our picture. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if I that hate makes that you picture. Feel... <laughs> I just look so damn picture? old, man. The light was weird, and I just I look so gray. It was the light. I look like I a think dying it's time man. that makes me look old. Yeah, well, that's a factor as well. <laughs> uh, gosh, dang it. Yeah, uh, what are you well, going to do? Yeah. <clears throat> what are you going to do? Dye my hair? Huh? You should try it. Uh, I should try it. Why not? I got to get uh, but uh, like a nice you know, blue color or something. It, it's interesting that it hasn't crossed over. When I was a kid, women who dyed their hair, people would make jokes about them behind their back. And now it's just as commonplace as commonplace can be. You do it your right. whole life, everybody does it. Nobody criticizes it. It's just it's like getting a haircut. It's like, you know, it's nothing. Um, yeah, how come that hasn't crossed over to men? I, I don't know. Most men I see with dyed hair, it looks bad. Yeah, true. And, and uh, yeah. But maybe that's just, maybe that's because what would look good on a woman I think looks dumb on a guy, but I don't know. Women spend more time and money on their, their dye jobs. Well, but, the uh, ones that look good, you don't know they're dyed. So that, you that, only recognize the bad ones. That's a decent point. But, um, yeah, for women, it's, it's a, it's a plus. It, you look better. And yeah. you know, congratulations. When I see someone who's decided to let their hair go gray as a woman, like you're 45 and you've decided to just let it grow gray, it's always, it always stands out like, oh, wow, yeah, right, yeah, that's what... Well, but that's fine. I, I totally respect well, people sure, who do that. It's fine, sure, but, but it's, it's, <clears throat> it's um, the, the least common thing you're going to run into as yeah. opposed to the other way around. But for men, we're supposed to just what? Look like just old men? Gray. Look old. Huh? That's right. So, uh, listen, uh, in uh, researching the show every single day, we read and re- we read, we dig and we research and the rest of it. And and so many times a headline is much more interesting than the story. And you realize you've wasted your time. This story was the opposite. The headline is uh, Home Depot. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Trust me, that's not the headline. Home Depot ties opioid crisis to recent surge in store theft. And I thought, oh, yeah, all the pill junkies are stealing stuff to buy their pills. 
But I don't know. I'm, I, I, I don't like their conclusion. I'll just share it with you, and then you decide. And, and one of the great things about doing the show is we have uh, listeners in, involved in every uh, possible pursuit, every sort of person and the rest of it. If you're in retail, I would love to get your thoughts uh, via email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, about shoplifting and, and organized crime, that sort of thing, or via text at four nine. I'm sorry, four one five two nine five KFTC. But uh, to read on, the company said organized criminals are stealing millions of dollars worth of goods from it and other retailers and storing the merchandise in warehouses. The theft, which retailers call shr- call shrink, has gotten so bad it will narrow Home Depot's operating profit margins next year. And the chief exec, Craig Manier, who's a really interesting guy, by the way, says this is happening everywhere in retail. We think this ties to the opioid crisis, but we're not positive about that. Home Depot's admission, one of the first times a major U.S. retailer has specifically called out the opioid epidemic as a factor in its financial results. Although, again, I'm not sure I think they're right. Retailers lose about $51 billion in sales from theft annual, $51 billion annually. Um, it found that more than two-thirds of retailers had seen an increase in what they call organized retail crime activity over the past year. Now, is this, well, maybe you're getting to this, but I'm, I'm trying to picture, is this um, people walking in the store and, 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 and sneaking out with a drill, or is this more organized, like getting it before it even gets to the store in, in pallets, or how organized is it? No, it's actually, it's from the retail uh, place, but uh, I know one of Home Depot's main initiatives is making it so uh, power equipment won't work unless you check out with it. Now, how they're going to do that, chip it or whatever, I don't even know, but um, again... More than two-thirds of retailers say they've seen an increase in what they call organized retail crime activity. Uh, And again, they go with the opioids, but not with a lot of uh, uh, evidence. In one instance, thieves in Rochester, New York, were caught with $16.5 million worth of goods, including $1.4 million from Home Depot. See, that's not junkies. No. That's that's mobs. No. Junkies don't have their act together to do to pull that off and you know and have the storage space to store it and then turn it into money. Right. I mean, did the whole well, you got to fence it. The whole junkie thing is they're breaking into your car because they need cash like this hour right. so that they can buy some drugs, not to plan months ahead on how I'm going to fence millions of dollars worth of power tools, which would not be easy to do. Right. That would yeah. I, I don't even, that would be very difficult to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I was going to say uh, maybe it has something to do with the um, decriminalization of crime on the West Coast of the United States, but uh, they don't mention that, and they have a couple of examples from New York State, so, you know, maybe that's not it. Have you done the new locker thing that they got at Home Depot as everybody competes for online sort of drive-up ordering, whether it's McDonald's or Home Depot or whoever. I did it the other day. It was pretty awesome. No, sir. No. I would say I went to an Ace Hardware and got such great help at there that I declared I would never go anywhere else again in my life. Oh, and Ace is hot, far and away the best service in the industry. I would have wasted my money if I had gone somewhere else and not talked to an expert that told me exactly what I needed. Completely yeah. wasted my money. I mean, so it's, it's, worth, it's worth it. But anyway, Home Depot, you order online, and now they have these lockers that are outside the store, and so your your item shows up there. You get your text right away. Your item is in the locker. Then you pull up out front, 
You go up to the locker. You got a code. You type in beep, beep, beep. The door opens. Out comes your, you, you take your thing out with your receipt and get back in your car and drive off. My apartment it, complex has the same thing for Amazon deliveries. Freaking awesome. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, that is interesting. So you're not going into the Home Depot and going to aisle eight, which is a half a mile away and all that sort of stuff, and then bringing it back. No, nope, it's right there, and you get in your car and go. Yeah, yeah. You know, in researching the story, trying to nail down exactly what's going on, I, I did come across plenty of statistics that California's utterly idiotic and disastrous Prop 47 has caused skyrocketing rates of uh, shoplifting, thefts, and other criminal activity. Um, it, it reduced all sorts of nonviolent felonies to misdemeanors. It decriminalized crime. Um, and, and so, yeah, that has absolutely led to it. And California is a sixth of the population, is it now, or a seventh in the United States? I'm not sure if that's enough to drive it. But, yeah, retailers, again, I, I, I ask you, what is going on? Uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com to email us or if you want to text real quick, 415-295-KFTC. Is it a consequence of the giant box store and the self-checkout where there just are less human beings around? I bought something the other day at a Home Depot and I was headed out and I thought, how would anybody know if I was stealing this or not? There's not a human being to be seen. With the self-checkout. <laughs> well, and add to that uh, liability laws and lawyers and the rest of it. Where And we've gotten this from grocers, especially in Cal Unicornia. Guys will grab liquor bottles, cases of beer, whatever, and walk just walk out and say, I'm taking this, F you. And they know nobody's empowered to tackle them or, or, or grab the stuff back or whatever. You just call the cops and say, yeah, they shoplifted again. The cops say, well, we're responding to a stabbing over here. Um, sorry. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's hard it to, just goes on. It's hard to know what all factors are involved, but how about all these big box stores that are now open sometimes 24 hours a day, if not just really, really late? There are practically no employees in a, in a building half the size of a football field. Maybe people have just caught on. It's really easy to steal. You know what, Jack? I've got a great idea for a wacky Armstrong and Getty radio contest. Which listener can steal the biggest item? I mean, you go to the Home Depot, somebody grabs, I don't know, a big, uh, like a, a, a holiday deer with the twinkling lights, then somebody else grabs a grill, and somebody steals a backhoe, they probably win the contest. Winner gets a t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did explain to my kids the other day why the toilets are up high at Home Depot now, and they don't keep them down on the ground. They found that story quite amusing. Do you know the answer? Stay tuned.